On this episode of Jet City Hot Takes, we talk about that Seahawks loss to the Cardinals oh on God. Sunday. Can we not talk about that game? I really don't want to relive that. That was a nightmare to live through. And Keith will tell you who he blames for that Seahawks loss. I'll give you a hint. It's uh, Pete Carroll. Oh, and in case you haven't heard, Beast Mode's back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Who am I kidding? These guys aren't pros. The starting lineup for your Jet City Hot Takes podcast. He's Boston bred. He hates seafood, but he swore to start reading more. So now he watches Netflix with his subtitles on. Corey Dillon. That is next level stupidity. And he's a Northwest native. Doesn't care what you say, Sriracha is overrated. And he sleeps with a Ken Griffey Jr. body pillow. Keith Wayne. Hey, I don't judge. You do you. Just keep it off the field. <laughs> Jet City Hot Takes. Hot Takes. Let's get right to it. Week 17 here. Uh, week 16, not so good for the Seattle Seahawks. And, Awful. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll just briefly say this, and I'm just going to let you uh, go nuts for a second, because uh, it, the Seahawks controlled their own destiny. They uh, uh, ch- choked it away to the Arizona Cardinals, which is extremely frustrating. I'll be honest. I did not watch a lot of this game. I had a Christmas party on you Saturday didn't miss night. Much. Yeah, I had a Christmas party Saturday night. I was hung over. So were the Seahawks. I tried. I went out for the game. Um, went to the, lo- the lodge. Tried to have a beer, eat some food. Halfway through the first quarter, and, and after I ate, I said I just couldn't hang. Couldn't you know? I could not. Um, I couldn't rally. I couldn't rally, <laughs> so I called it a day. I went home and I slept through all the uh, the uh, all the afternoon games. So uh, I didn't really see what happened. I woke up, saw the result, and was like, uh, "What just happened?" Uh, so I'm gonna let you just tell me what happened. Okay, so it was kind of weird because the first drive. The Seahawks went right down the field, scored a touchdown on their opening drive. I saw that. So clearly, whatever initial game plan they had was good. I mean, clearly it was working because then, you know, the Cardinals come out, their first drive, go nowhere. Seahawks get the ball back and they start marching down the field again. You think, okay, this is looking the way it's supposed to. And then we have like a fourth and one, like on the edge of field goal range. And so I'm thinking, well, why not just go for this, right? But Pete marches the field goal unit out there and then decides to not. They took a penalty, didn't they? I, I, I think yeah, I saw. Yeah, and then they decide to not kick it and just takes a five-yard penalty. If you're not going to kick the field goal, take a timeout and go for it. It's idiotic. It's so, so stupid. Okay, you punt it, you down with the one, cool. You only gain a few yards of field position. It's not that big of an advantage. Whereas if you go for it and you get it, you keep your momentum, maybe you get points at the end of the drive. Now you have a two-score lead early in the game, and you're looking pretty good. And then what do they do? They take a five-yard penalty, they punt it, lose that momentum. It was a good punt, and they you know, they did down him at the one, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, and so then the Cardinals didn't go anywhere, and the Seahawks got the ball back, didn't go anywhere, punted it back, and then all of a sudden, boom, Kenyon Drake 80 yards. I was like, okay, fine, what, tie game, right? That's fine, it's still early. Then the offense continued to do nothing, and then they did nothing again and continued to do nothing. So where do you place blame? The coaching staff. This is 100% on the coaching staff. You have Pete Carroll making game management decisions that didn't even look like they were being made by someone who has watched a football game, let alone a head coach in the NFL. It was completely idiotic. Pete, why are you so conservative when you're trying to get a one seed and home field advantage throughout the playoffs and you're playing against a division rival? His conservative approach to game management 
I think, is why they lost this game. Or no. at least one of the reasons. No. I get the Seahawks were injured. I understand that. We didn't have a left tackle. I get it. I, I understand. Two running backs went out. Okay, cool. Travis Homer, for the carries he had, looked all right. No balls, Pete. He, no, he had no balls. He wanted to just play field position and try to win the game that way against an offense that lately has been pretty explosive. Well, the thing that drives me nuts is just, again, and, and you've touched on it, and I, I said it at the beginning, they controlled their debt. Like, you can't take a conservative approach, go for the kill, step on their throat, and I think that fourth and one play is a great example. Early in the game, you could have, not that it would have necessarily panned out, but... Yeah, they're not going to seal the, the game mentality, for you. Go for it. Put your foot on their throat. Don't even let this be a game. Go down. Try and make it a two-score game right off the bat. Instead, that weird whole thing happened. It was just I had no balls. I didn't like it. And then the, they're out, the, the Cardinals' offense starts to gain traction because the Seahawks' defense, minus like half their starters, is on the field the whole time. Well, they're not in that good if with you, all their starters. If but your go ahead. defense is that beat up, go for it on fourth down. Keep them off the field. What are you doing, Pete? It doesn't make any sense. And then at the end of the first half, the Cardinals are up like 14 to 7. And they have a third and whatever. Time's ticking down on the clock. They're just going to have to take a timeout and kick a field goal to go into halftime. Instead, Pete takes a a timeout for them and gives them a shot at the end zone, which almost panned out. They ended up kicking the field goal anyway, so it didn't matter. But, Pete, what the hell are you doing? Just make them kick the field goal and go to halftime. It was so idiotic. I just love your rage for Pete Carroll. Oh, my God. It pissed me off. And you know what? You have a you have a backup left tackle out there going up against a guy that is leading the NFL in sacks. A lot of people don't Chandler know that. Chandler Jones, surprised. Like, Chandler I, when they Jones said- was leading the NFL in sacks. And they're like, yeah, we'll just have our backup left tackle block him one-on-one. This will be fine. You don't ship him with a back. You don't move a, a tight end over there. You don't I try to double him. I saw him have two sacks, right? I, you leave George Fan or Jamarco yeah. Jones on an island against the statistically the NFL's best pass rusher. What was the plan? Uh, <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway, and I was going to say, is it <laughs> is it worth going and asking you who your uh, best offensive and defensive players are <laughs> this week, or do you, are you just going to skip it? Uh, offense, I'm going to ignore the offense entirely because they ignored uh, about 85 percent of the game. And uh, defensively, I guess Rasheem Green, he blocked a kick and had a sack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is funny. All right. Can you tell I didn't enjoy that game very much, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I can. I can tell. Uh, a bunch of injuries, like we said. Um, injuries happen. Carson, I'm no, not going to let them use that as an excuse. I'm transitioning. Oh. I'm not. I'm, I would not I'm give still them stuck excuse. On this. It's been four days. And <laughs> We're going to move on. <laughs> um. So Carson goes down. Obviously, Penny a couple weeks ago. Carson goes down. Procise goes down. Scenario left with just Travis Homer at running back. Right. Um, Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown is out for, the season. out for the season. So, I mean, what a terrible game. And I feel bad because last week I asked you. I said. I blame you entirely for this. When when the Seahawks went to Arizona, where there's always something bad that happens, it no, didn't I'm, happen I'm, this I'm year. I'm changing my answer. When you said, who do you blame for this? No, it's partly on the coaching staff, but it's your fault. It's your fault, Corey. <laughs> I, I, I asked you. you, I said, since nothing happened in Arizona, is this going to be the game? Arizona comes here, and then all of a sudden there's a catastrophic injury. Well, it happened to be three injuries at one in, in one game. Um, and another thing. <laughs> Kyler Murray goes out of the game with an injury. You think, okay, their offense isn't going to do much, right? Maybe if our offense starts to pick it up and get some back into the game, we can still win this thing. And the offense continues to do nothing. You know what that showed me? 
It showed me that they can come out with a great initial game plan, but as soon as the other team adjusts, they can't adjust back. That's a problem. It is a problem. It's been a problem all year. That's probably why they haven't been blowing teams out, that they're considerably better than. The Falcons, the Steelers, the Browns, the they Panthers. Just go in with a game plan and stick to it. They don't adjust. They stick to a game plan. They're like, no, we're just going to play our way. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great when you were, you know, 2013, you were by far the best team in the league and you just run down people's throats. That worked then. You're not the 2013 Seahawks. You're the 2019 Seahawks. You're not physical or tough enough to do that. Sorry. Okay. All right, I'm done. So aside I'm, from I'm me, actually done. Now. Aside from me jinxing that, uh, you know, jinxing what happened, I guess I don't know if you would say it's good news, uh, but it's it's for sure entertaining news because of those injuries. Marshawn Lynch coming back. Beast mode is back. This is fantastic news. What do you mean? It's awesome news. Why you think on the field that is fantastic news or just? I mean, uh, uh, PR like the internet went crazy. His first press conference was hilarious. He barely spoke. Said three words. Yeah, Mer- he said Merry he, New Year. He said Merry New Year. It's good to be back. Yes, correct. So uh, like all that is fun. Do you? And and I replied to a tweet that you wrote. I I just I think it's cool. I will root for him to play really well and make a big difference for the Seahawks. I just don't see it happening. Okay, so here's my take on this. Statistically, Marshawn Lynch himself. Probably not actually going to do a whole lot. He's 33 years old, hasn't played since last season. I'm sure he's been working out, trying to stay in football shape, because it sounded like he wanted to do this for a while, and he just suddenly got the opportunity. But I'm not expecting a 33-year-old running back to come in and have 120 yards, you know? My guess is Travis Homer probably has the bulk of the carries, and they sprinkle in some beast mode. But his presence in that locker room, his presence on the field does have an effect with the rest of the team on the sideline and on the field in that locker room. He does have a way of getting the rest of the team amped up and he might have another crazy play in him. Who knows? I mean, for one play, you never know what's going to happen. I am excited about it. I really am. But picture this pregame introductions. If they decide to go with the offense for pregame introductions, for those who don't know, at Seahawks home games, they introduce the defense or the offense. They never do both and have them run out of the tunnel. If they do the offense, when the PA announcer says, running back, Marshawn Lynch, that place is going to lose their collective minds. That place is going to be loud. And we've seen this before where we think the Seahawks don't really have a whole lot of a chance. And then... Marshawn Lynch happens, the crowd loses their minds, and all of a sudden it becomes a lot harder for the other team. That's what I think the effect is. I don't think that on the field him statistically is going to be that much, but I think his intangibles, the way he gets the rest of the team motivated just by his presence, and the effect it's going to have on the crowd in the stadium, that's what I think the actual effect is here. Am I wrong? No, I think you're. I think you're right. Uh, again, I was obviously talking more statistical. I don't. I don't think he's going to have a big, massive impact. Uh, hopefully, I'm wrong because I would like to see that. Uh, but I do think you make really good points with the the locker room, the sideline, things like that, uh, the crowd. Um, so, with this game coming up, biggest game of the year. I think we've said that from week one winter, that it was probably going to come down to, you know, or yeah, for a while we've been saying it's all coming down to this. The winner of Sunday night's game. We kind of knew since the last time we played the Niners, right? Right. Like, it, correct. Um, so it, it, it's been building towards this. The winner of this game going to take the division. The loser is going to be the five seed. And then things can vary up the top for the winner. But Marshawn's first game coming off a terrible, terrible game against the Cardinals. What's going to happen Sunday night? It's hard to say. These Seahawks-Niners games have a way of getting crazy. That's just 
the way it has been for a long time. I honestly have no idea what to expect on Sunday. I think this is probably one of the first times where I didn't have any idea of what I was going to see the next game just because of how many injuries the Seahawks have. And obviously the addition of bringing Marshawn back, I don't know how that's going to look with the current offense and the way that's going to affect it. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea what's going to happen, dude. I really don't. <laughs> I can just see the confusion on your face. Like, I didn't, like I, the gears are turning, I'm thinking, and nothing's coming up. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm very concerned about this game, and I'm also very excited about this game. I think it's. I, I think it's. Um. You know, from a 49er perspective, uh, this is a game. This is a statement game for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's had some big wins. He's done well in San Francisco. You know, last year, ending the year, I think five and zero, or two years ago, ending that season five and zero, when he got traded from the Patriots, and he got injured last year. He, but he, he hasn't had that moment yet. I mean, he's had some big games, but. This is, I would say, probably the biggest game of his career. It's for potentially the number one seed in the playoffs or the fifth seed in the playoffs. You're on the road in Seattle, division rival. Um, let's see what you're made of. And I think that uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know how it's going to go. But this is a big game to see what Jimmy G is made of if, if he's ready for that big moment. I think you're right. I think for the Seahawks, from a Seahawks perspective, if they want to, if they want to win this game, they need the D line to do what they did last time. They need the D line to get after Garoppolo and shut down that running game. Make Garoppolo beat you, because I'm not convinced that he can. Now, he, if I'm not mistaken, the last time they played, uh, was Kittle injured? Kittle was injured. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders was injured. Emmanuel Sanders got injured during the game. Mo- yeah, most Mostert. What's his name? Mostert was kind of on the depth chart. Uh, I think, but he Bre- was he wasn't playing. And yeah, Matt, he's Matt had a good Breda, end of the season. Matt Breida and I think Tevin Coleman were the kind of the one-two punch. And then Mostert's come off the bench and he's been really good. But so, even still, at that time when when the Seahawks went to San Francisco, their running game was one of the best in the in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they they shut down the running game pretty well, and they they forced Garoppolo into some turnovers. So they need to do that again. That is what – absolutely they need to do that again. And they need the offensive line to – they don't have to be awesome. They don't have to be a great offensive line. They just have to give Russ a little bit of time and open up some holes. If if we see the Marshawn that we've seen here before, he'll make his own. (laughs) But it'd be nice to give him some to start with, you know. This is going to be a physical game. There's going to be some hard hits. I, I can guarantee you there's going to be some hits in this game where you go, ah, just watching it. <laughs> that hurt me from my couch. Yeah, like, ow. <laughs> this is going to be a physical game. It's going to be a nasty game. It's going to be chippy. These teams do not like each other I at know they all. don't. I love this. I love that it's flex this Sunday night. This is just, it's going to be a great game to watch or be at if you're going to be there. I'm just excited for it. We'll talk more about it because we're going to pick that game, obviously. So, obviously, there's a lot of different ways that things can play out in the NFC. I think maybe one seed is for certain and that's the sixth seed with minnesota i believe um yeah minnesota is pretty much locked in at the sixth seed minnesota's locked in at the sixth seed i think everything else the the top the 49ers green bay or the saints can all end as the top seed actually the seahawks can too it they need a lot of help but they can can they uh if the seahawks win and the saints and packers both lose they can take the one seed they can also take the two seed if the Packers lose somehow to David Blau and the Lions and they beat uh, the Niners, most likely scenario if they win is they'd be the three seed because they would because they need all that help. I don't see the Packers or the Saints losing this week. It's not going to happen. Uh, so I think realistically the three seed or the five seed is what you're looking at if you're a Seahawks fan. 
the the Saints are playing the Panthers on the road in Carolina, and then the Packers are on the road against the Lions. Uh, both of those, uh, if if you know. Saints are favored by 13, and the Packers are favored by 12 and a half. So let's just go with, hey, they're probably going to win those games. Yeah, yeah I think I, I would assume they win. The most likely, so we'll just they can end up as the number one seed and the number two seed. I think the safe way to go is with this Sunday night game. If they win, probably three seed. If they lose, you know, you're a five seed. You're going on the road. You're wild you're, card you're either a three seed and hosting the Vikings, or you're the five seed and you're on the road against either the Cowboys or the Eagles. So, I mean, those are winnable games. They are. I would have my doubts about how far they could go if they don't have a first-round bye. But um, we'll get to that later, I guess, right? Yes, we will. Uh, the NFC East, I mean, if it's pretty simple for the Eagles. If they win, they're in. They're the four seed. They take the NFC East. If they lose and the Cowboys beat the... Skins. Beat the, okay, they, so if the Cowboys beat Washington, then... The Cowboys are in. Yeah, the Cowboys need Philadelphia to lose, uh, and then they need to win their game. So um, that's that's pretty simple. If the Eagles win, they're in. If they lose, then you just look at what the Cowboys do. Uh, the Saints could – well, really, I mean the, – the, the best thing here or, – or not best thing, sorry, the 49ers, you know, with a win – again, this is a big thing for – that's why I say it's a big game for Jimmy because they just need to win and they're going to be the number one seed. Yeah. If they win – they're the number one seed throughout the playoffs. There was just so much on this game Sunday night. So um, that's the easiest way for San Francisco. They can either – and they can only be either the one or the five. So they're literally – they need to win in Seattle on Sunday to get that one seed. If not, they're the five seed. There's no other way around it. We're not, I'm not picking this game yet, but let's say the Seahawks beat the Niners on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. I would feel so bad – for either the Cowboys or the Eagles the next week having to play the Niners in the first round of the playoffs because that would be a pissed off, really good Niners team coming into your home stadium and they will probably roll whoever they play against. I think whoever, realistically, whoever ends up being the five seed is going to win. Yeah, yeah. Because that NFC East is just garbage. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how healthy the Seahawks are if they end up as the five seed. I think that would have a lot to do with it, too. The Packers, they can end up either one, two, or three. So the Packers, I think, let's see. Uh, the Packers, Packers need, need to... the 49ers to lose. Mm-hmm. And then and they, they would also win. need, they would need to win. Yeah. Uh, and the Saints would need the Seahawks to win and would need the Packers to lose to be the one seed. There's a whole, they, all this just sounds like it's very confusing. But basically, you know, the top three teams are either going to be. It's the winner of the NFC West and the Saints and the Packers. Correct. And then the, the winner of the, I mean, the loser or the second place team in the NFC West will be the five seed. And then uh, the only thing that's unsure is, is it going to be Eagles or Cowboys? Which team? I think everyone has a pretty good grasp on the, uh, the NFC, but the AFC has some pretty fun possibilities. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Oakland Raiders could still make the playoffs. Yeah, they right have now. a four percent chance. I believe. You want me to you want me to tell you what that is? How how okay, that would so have to happen? Break break down to me how the Raiders make it. As a, obviously as a six seed, they'd be eight and eight. So how do they how do they make the playoffs? So they need to start by winning Week 17. Who do they play? And they are playing um, Denver. Okay, okay in, so in, in Denver. 
And still, though, that's, that's, but that's doable. Right. Then they need the Titans and the Steelers to both lose. Now, the Titans are on the road in Houston. And okay, Houston's that's playing, doable. They're, and they're playing for seeding, so they're playing for something, too. And then the Steelers to lose to the Ravens, but the Ravens are starting RG3. Well, the question is, would you take RG3 or Duck Hodges? <laughs> so, I mean, I uh, mean, yeah, both of those, yeah, are, both yeah, those a- are really, I could see both those things happening. Have you ever seen a 0-0 tie in the NFL? Because that might happen (laughs) in that Steelers-Ravens. And then finally, on top of that, they need the Colts to beat the Jaguars. So if all four of of those things happen, the Raiders will make the playoffs. Okay, so let's let's break this down individually. So you could see each one of these things happening, right? Yes. The chances of all four of them happening, obviously really low. But individually, not one of those results would surprise me. You're right. I mean, they're, it's just they just need a lot of things to go their way that are basically 50-50, you know? That's decent odds for... I could, I could see this happening. I mean, I know it's only a 4% chance, but that would be a hell of a way to make the playoffs. <laughs> it really would. Um, uh, in Tennessee, basically, they they beat the Texans they're in, right? They beat the Texans they are in, yes. Um, if Tennessee wins on Sunday, the Titans are in at 6. If the Titans lose and the Steelers lose, they'd still be in. Unless that the Unless crazy Raiders thing the happens, the Raiders win, <laughs> and the and the Colts win, the Colts and have the Colts to win. win. So like, that's a really crazy scenario. I think Tennessee is going to end up in this spot uh, as the sixth seed. I think where it gets interesting, the Bills have locked up five. The seeding at the like top mid, like it, yeah, two to it's, three it's is the th- interesting. Well, three to four is what I think is most yeah. interesting because I think I think the Patriots will handle. Take care of business with Miami. Yeah, I don't coming I don't into see Gillette now. Trust me, weird things happen. I don't see that happening. I would assume, based off of how the Patriots played last week and how they actually looked pretty decent on offense, they should take that up. I think the the one and two seed are locked. They're like Ra- a fifteen and a half point favorite. Aren't yeah, they? Like, Ra- yeah. So Ravens one, Patriots two. Now, where it could get interesting is Kansas City is currently at three. Houston is at four, but Houston can get that three seed. If they beat the Titans and Kansas City loses to the the Chargers. Chargers? Now, I don't see that necessarily Uh. happening. However, if they did, I think what's interesting is that if the seedings lined up like that and and Houston did jump over Kansas City. And the the status quo were to sort of And then if the the math went out in the three and four seed, that would put Kansas City going on the road to Baltimore – Mahomes, Jackson in that game. So now I'm thinking that I'm trying. I'm forgetting the uh, Lamar Jackson's 0 2 against the Chiefs. So this me as a Patriots fan is this is the scenario I'm rooting for. So I'm excited to talk about it because yes, I want I would like the Chiefs at four and then the math to be just to play out. No crazy upsets. Bills and Titans lose first round. Then it's one, two, three, four left. Have the Chiefs go into Baltimore. That'd probably be the best chance for them to get upset. Before that, I think so too. you know, it, it, in any scenario, before the AFC Championship game, if it was the Patriots, but that would also, if they did, if they went into Baltimore and upset them, then all of a sudden New England has home field advantage, and then, you know, as a Patriots fan, that's what I would like to see. I, I not that I really want to see Kansas City in the Houston, playoffs. But. Houston is not Houston. Sorry, uh, Kansas City is quietly very dangerous to me because you look at that offense; they're explosive. They've got weapons all over the place. And I don't know if you've been watching Their them defense. defensively lately. Their defense has been really good the last four or five weeks. I could see 
Kansas City making a run. I could see Kansas City playing in the Super Bowl this year. I don't think they will, but that would not surprise me at all if the Chiefs somehow made it to the Super Bowl. I would totally agree with you. Um, I mean, I think they realistically, if I was ranking these teams in the AFC, God, I, I, I'd probably have Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots. I Yeah, I agree you with know, you. Um, it would be fun to – I mean, I, I'm rooting for the Patriots, obviously. I'd love that scenario to happen. And I think it would be um, – either way, even if the if it played out and it was the Patriots and the Ravens, I'd still – it would be cool to see Tom Brady. So last year he had to beat Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then if he had to go to Baltimore and beat Lamar Jackson, you know, two of these up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league getting beat by the old man I think is kind of – entertaining yeah you would like that (laughs) (laughs) if you want me to stress out a little bit what i'm really worried about and this is you know down the road um and not meant you're worried about having to go back to baltimore i'm worried worried about about. not having tom brady next year we'll get to that after the season yes that's something that's a a reality i am uh freaking out about over here so now i'm like i don't know is this our last playoff run like i just want it's freaking me out, but uh, so that's the AFC picture, um, pretty much locked up. I, I, I think we both agree that there's really three teams there: it's Kansas City, New England, and Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. And the only really craziness that six, the six seed, Titans have it now. Steelers have like a twenty-something percent chance, and the Raiders have a four percent chance, likely to see the Titans. It would be so funny to see the Raiders get in somehow. I mean, I don't. I'm not rooting for them at all. I really don't care who the six seed is. But that would just be so funny to see that work out. It would. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's pick some football games, shall we? All right, let's do it. All right, first game is going to be that Tennessee Titans at Texans. Texans are plus 3.5, 3.5. Texans are plus 3.5. At home? At home. Texans. Texans all day. They're playing for seeding. You did not hesitate one bit. Not at all. Give me the Texans for sure. I uh, I agree with you. I already have my stuff written down, just so I'm not piggybacking off your things. Because we might have some similar. I don't answers have here. anything written on. Right. I'm not even so looking at anything. Uh, I have the Texans as well at home. I mean, even if the Titans do pull it off, I think it's close. I'm going to take the the points at home uh, for yeah. Houston. I mean, that that's that one seems like a no brainer to me. But that's the weird thing because I contradicted myself last week. If there's a, if there's some sort of it's like, why is that line like that? I usually go opposite. But I'm taking the Texans Not at this home. week. Not not with these two teams really playing for something. Uh, next game, Eagles at the Giants, plus four and a half. The Giants are plus four and a half. This is a game that Philly needs. Mm-hmm. Don't want to take chances. You know, they, if they win, they're in the playoffs um, as the four seed, and they would be at a whopping nine and seven record. Um, Eagles on the road in New York, New York plus four and a half. Eagles. Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Eagles. They they know what they're playing for. They're defensively. They're actually finally getting healthy. Uh, I think that's kind of what's been holding them back. Offensively, I still don't love Carson Wentz. I don't like their receivers. They're they got some pretty mean looking running backs. They're obviously really good at tight end with Ertz and Goddard. I think that they can run the ball down the Giants' throat. I think that defense is going to give that rookie quarterback some problems. I like the Eagles to win this one probably by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Oh, wow. All right. I'm on the opposite end of that. This is – All right. I just – you know, some teams like to play spoiler, and I can see this happening. Um, you know, the, the Giants' offense hasn't looked horrible with Daniel Jones back in, I don't think. No. Uh, Saquon Barkley, back-to-back games of – That's the one thing that would make me Over hesitate. 100 yards. So it's like – I mean, they're they're building on something. They're, you know, trying to see what they have going forward, obviously, and uh, – 
this is a game where they can impact another team's future, and uh, why not do that? Get rallied. So I, uh, the Eagles might win. I just I'm going to take the points again. Okay. Four and a half at home in New York. Chargers versus Chiefs. Chiefs are at home. Chiefs are nine point favorites. Ooh, it's uh, a big number. Chargers will cover because I don't know how many Chargers games you've watched this season, but they have found ways to lose in the most heartbreaking, spectacular fashion. So the Chiefs will win this game. But the Chargers are going to find some stupid way to lose just to really cap off their season the right way, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I have the Chargers as well. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm rooting for that. That's, you know, probably, you know, why I wouldn't really put money on this because I really want the Chargers to win this game to mess with that <laughs> seeding in the AFC. Uh, but I will take them with the plus, you know, with nine points. Um, I just think they'll keep it close. And that's about it. Philip Rivers is going to throw just a heartbreaking interception at the end. Call on it now. I could see. I mean, that's. I mean, that's how totally they lost like eight games yeah. this year. So. so I mean, it's not that bold of a call. <laughs> uh, and then, last but not least, out of our games that we're picking, the big one, of course, Sunday night, 49ers here in Seattle against the Seahawks. Seahawks plus three and a half at home. Seahawks. See, I had that one written in plus for you three already. At home. I already had that one written in for you. The fact it's plus three at home. I mean, I don't know who's going to win this game, but Seahawks as a home underdog, give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. Uh, however this game ends and goes, I, it's going to be close. I um, think, yeah, I, this is one of those games where Russell Wilson just has a way of coming up big in big moments. And I don't know if the Seahawks are going to win this game, but there's going to be something that happens in this game that just makes you say, oh my God, how? Yeah, this this is This might go down as one of the best games of the season. At least I hope it does. I, so I think, does the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that's why they flex it to prime time. Yeah, so we're both there. I think so. Our only our only difference is the Eagles and Giants. All right. All right. Um, and we have one more final lock of the week. I uh, we'll, we're we'll not do doing locks for the playoffs. Yeah, we're just no. gonna pick yeah, lock of the game. week. You have a chance to make it at uh, you know, we didn't do it every week because we missed some, but uh, currently at five and seven with the lock of the week, chance Ooh. to get it. You know, six and seven, right? Just under five hundred. Make uh, it respectable. Yeah, make it somewhat. So respectable. I could ruin my draft position here by getting it right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your lock of the week? The lock of the week is the Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears. At the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are only a one-point favorite at home. Are you freaking kidding me? Vikings. Now, would that be because they're not playing for anything? They're locked up as the sixth seed. Have, have you heard anything about them sitting starters? No, I have not. I would assume not. I'm also not a big fan of that. I'm actually happy that the Ravens are doing that. I don't like that strategy. Um, yeah, I hate that strategy, too. I'd be concerned for the Ravens. But the I don't know if they care but, if they win or lose, but the Bears' offense is terrible anyway, so go ahead. Actually, you just kind of said it right there. The Bears' offense is terrible. The Vikings' defense is not terrible. They're at home. They're not resting their starters. I like the Vikings to win this game. Boom, you heard it here. Um, wow. This is the last uh, episode of 2019. Wow. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. We're hoping for what what is Sunday? What's Sunday's date? That's the 29th. So you're hoping for a big win. It's still 2019. Yeah. Right, so big win. Um Yeah, we we will talk to you in 2020. Wow. Have a happy new year. From the future. Go Hawks. <laughs>